Hey people, welcome to the Angels, Babes and Witches show with me Ruby. My guest today is Tania. Tania is originally from Australia and now lives in Finland. She is an artist and a mystic, though this definitely does not define her. I personally love Tania's style of art, which is called illumination. Her website is mentioned in the episode write-up if our listeners would like to take a look. Tania, welcome to my show. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks for having me on. Uh, what does spirituality mean to you? To me, it means exploring yourself at a much deeper level. And through that exploration, it leads you on to much greater things. There's actually a wonderful old quote from ancient times that says, know thyself and you shall know the universe and God. So for me, spirituality means connecting to yourself at a deeper level. And by doing that, it opens up aspects of yourself that you were just not aware of before. And then that leads on to an, a connection and an understanding of the divine itself. Wow, that's such a beautiful way to define or, you know, to say what spirituality uh, means. It's, um, mm. it's really very beautiful. So did you uh, feel this connection when you were a child? All of my life, even when I was a very small child, I was very aware of a connection to the divine. I was brought up in a Christian family, so I had always attended church ever since I was very small. And I really loved going to church when I was very little. And before I could even read, I used to stand up on the church pews and sing the hymns because I knew the words before I even learned to read. I'd heard them all my life. And I used to stand up there and belt out these songs and love them. But I also used to love listening to the message of the sermon. And I also really loved um, my own times before I would go to bed, even as a small child, I remember I would talk to God and pray to God. And did this continue uh, even after childhood? As a young adult, were you spiritual and did you have this connection to the divine? So as a, a teenager, I got more involved with my church because I had this burning desire to understand how everything worked, how the world worked, how did God fit into the world? And so I got very involved in Bible studies. I ran youth groups. Uh, I got involved in everything that the church offered. But the older I got, the less satisfied I became with the teachings. And I started to ask more and more deeper questions and got told really pat answers like, oh, just have faith or nobody understands those things. And I thought, or I even got told, don't think those things, don't ask those questions. And to me, that felt so wrong because I felt God had given me not only a mind that asked and wanted to understand these things, but this burning desire that was a very deep part of me to have a deeper and stronger connection with the divine. And everywhere I looked within the church, I felt like I'd reached the ceiling. But there was nowhere else to go. And the only thing I could have done further was perhaps 
go on to study to be a minister of the church, but I knew that that was definitely not what I wanted to do. So by the time I was maybe 18 or 19, I was listening to the sermons being preached from the pulpit going, wow, there's no substance to that, really. Is that, is that all you've got for me? You know, I really wanted something yeah. to get my teeth into. And it wasn't ego, but I do remember thinking I could preach a better sermon than that. <laughs> I could create something that was much more interesting and challenging and gave people something to think about than what was being taught in that pulpit. So I, I left the church that I'd grown up in and I tried a few other churches, different I grew up in a Presbyterian church. I tried an Anglican church. I tried um, some really unusual churches, but it was the same. Wherever I went, there was just my needs were not being met. My spiritual needs were not being met. And so I left the church completely and was wracked with guilt because I had lived in that environment all my life and it was leaving the safety of that belief system, but also that community and going out into the world. And I was scared as hell, but I knew that I had to move forward and, and leave that comfort zone and go out and find something more. That must have been uh, a difficult period for you, I would think. <laughs> it was. And in many ways, that was when I had the least connection with the divine because I I'd left the church and I didn't know what else was out there. But mm. I had this deep feeling that I knew I would come back in a different way and that I just needed a few years to just go and explore the world and not focus so much on the spirituality. So I started to just do different social things I saw my, my eyes were opened to a lot more things I'd grown up in a in a very very sheltered family very kind loving family but very sheltered and I was very naive and really had no idea about how the real world worked so during that period I started to meet a lot more people to experience other people's belief systems and at first, that was hard for me because yeah. Christianity is quite judgmental of other people's belief systems and they really believe that they, are, they own God and that they have all the answers to everything. And they're very judgmental of other religions and other mm -hmm. people's belief systems. And so at first, I had to deal with that because I, I developed that own, my own sense of judgment based on what, what I'd grown up with. And I started to realise that that wasn't a very good way of viewing the world. So I had to let go of a lot of that Christian judgment and just open my eyes to what other people were doing and other people were believing. And that's when I started to be a lot more open-hearted and a lot more accepting of other people's beliefs it would have not been an easy time and uh, but there was new exciting things waiting and I think for for <laughs> you and uh, you did mention that there was a turning point in your life uh, when things suddenly took off uh, in like in your spiritual life what was this this turning point um, 
I, I was going through a lot of changes and I knew that I wanted to do some kind of spiritual path, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my marriage broke up and after a little while I started going out with this other guy and he was fascinating to me because he was a shaman and I'd never experienced anything like that before. A lot of his ideas and practices were very, very foreign to me as, a, as an ex-Christian. Um, I, I was fascinated with what he did and with how he interacted with the world. And in many ways, he was the catalyst that broke through that old Christian conditioning and helped me to really see firsthand a completely different way of doing things. His way of doing things was not my path, and that became very clear to me. But what he did was allow me to see that there were other paths. There were, there were many other ways of uh, connecting with the divine. And so I started doing things like exploring more ideas, and I actually found a New Age bookshop. And I went in there and I bought this incredible book called Manly P. Hall's Secret Teachings of All Ages, which was this massive, huge book that was just filled with so much information, so many belief systems, amazing illustrations and diagrams, esoteric stuff, occult stuff, all sorts of things. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And I was... Um, Reading through that, and I came across this chapter on the Rosicrucian order. And when I saw that chapter, it was like this light bulb went off in my head and this sense of deep familiarity. And I was like, I know that. I know what that's all about. And I understand that. And so I read that chapter and then I went out and bought another book on Rosicrucian um, stuff and I, and I just started to read, read that and it was a book that connected tarot and Rosicrucian teachings. And for me, that was really the beginning of how I got started. And had you read about uh, Rosicrucian before, before you found no. this? No, but it was just ne this instant connection. Yeah, never heard of it. Never wow. even heard of the name before. Wow, that's so amazing. Because it's like something connecting with you on a much deeper level. Oh, absolutely. Yes, very much so. Um, and so I started to, to practice uh, the ideas within that book. I, I thought that it was an old, I did research on it and I found out that it was an old mystical order from like the 17th century. And I thought it had died out um, and people were just writing books from a historical perspective about it, but I loved the ideas. And so I started to meditate with it. I started to practice the ideas of it, thinking that, oh, well, if I'm the only one in the world doing this, so be it. And then um, it was very interesting. Some people would call this a coincidence, but I certainly do not believe in coincidences. Um, the wonderful man who is now my husband, when I first met him, um, 
he had bought some of my artwork at a show and when he came to pick it up from my house, he started talking about the Rosicrucian order and I nearly fell off my chair. Oh my God. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, he said, I've just joined. And I said, what, there's a group? And he said, yeah, yeah, there's a group here in, the, in this city that we live in and, you know, they meet at these times. And I, I was just gobsmacked. My jaw just hit the floor and I was just like, wow, <laughs> they're, they're, they're actually really doing this. And it was like a full-on mystery school here in my city that I could join and I was just so excited and so I joined that group and I spent uh, seven years studying it's like a mystery school that uh, you receive teachings in the mail but I also joined the actual group itself and I did uh, I started learning how to do ritual work with them and there was the teachings were just extraordinary for me. Like they were the, the best possible introduction to spiritual life because they started at the beginning and they were very thorough and very slowly and gently took me through to this amazing understanding uh, of many things. And so for seven years, uh, that was deeply fulfilling for me. Um, but then after that, I found that I had to move on to something else, that I wanted something even more than that. <laughs> yeah, the, the thirst for better or bigger knowledge. Uh, I think we, we, all, we all have it. And I remember, yeah. Yeah, I remember when we were, we were chatting, uh, there was this vision that you mentioned. And I remember that very clearly because it was so interesting to hear about your vision. Did the did you get this vision during this period in your life? And I'm sure no, I no no I actually had it quite early on. Okay. Um, I I was still married to my my first husband, and we were at the beach one one night. Um, so I was in Australia, and we have these great beaches there, and they're lovely to walk on in the evening, and it was completely unexpected I wasn't even thinking about anything in particular I was just sitting on the beach at night it was very very dark stars were everywhere and this vision came into my head I wasn't meditating or anything I was just sitting there and it was like I could see two things at the same time I could see the beach but I could also very clearly see this vision of a dark corridor and along the corridor were many doors that were shut on my left side and my right side. But right down at the end of the corridor was just one single door. And around the edge of that door, I could see this light coming out from the cracks around the edge of the door. So I walked down in my vision, in my mind, I walked down and I tried to turn the handle on that door, but it was locked and I could not turn the handle but I knew that in the future I would be able to undo it and I knew that behind that door lay something so extraordinary something so amazing and there were many times during or, or, or later on over the next few years that I, I had like a repeat of that vision like it was showing it to me again and I kept trying to unlock that door and I could not do it and then a few years later, when I was actually 
in that relationship with the shaman. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night and I sat bolt upright in bed and I was very awake and I had that vision again and I reached for the handle and I could turn it and I oh. undid the door. And there was this man there who looked at me, really scrutinised me, and he said, you're not supposed to be here yet, but oh I'm, going, I'm going to let you through. And so I went through. And I went into this space that was very, it's very difficult to describe, but it was so, so beautiful. And there were these thousands of tiny little beings. They looked to me like little butterflies. They were little white flying things. But I knew that they were incredibly intelligent, very sentient. And there were thousands of them. And they swirled around me in a spiral around my my body and I knew that they were welcoming me into the spirit world wow. and there was actually another being that came to me that was very powerful and wanted to take me away and show me other things but I said no because I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> at that stage it was like oh, I've had enough <laughs> I have never experienced anything uh, like this, but you know, I am not, I think, very uh, spiritual in nature yet. Um, so I, I but can we're all listen. spiritual. Yes, I think we're all we're all spiritual. Maybe I have not realized it uh, yet. Um, and but you know, when I hear you talking about it, it's I can picture it, and it's something so uh, amazing in my mind. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's just something very, very different, like for, for me. And, you know, mm -hmm. this, you do uh, this kind of art, which is illumination. And uh, it's also got this sense of uh, like something coming out of old scriptures. I love it a lot. And do mm -hmm. these visions have something to do with the kind of art that you do? When all of these spiritual experiences started happening for me, it was very clear to me that I had to use my art to document what was happening for me so that it could help other people on their path through life. I, I've been through an incredible journey spiritually, um, a lot of very difficult times, like really hard. And the spirituality has helped me enormously to understand what was going on and to help me move through that. And it's through those periods of great difficulty and trial that we're given the most amazing opportunity to learn and grow. And so many of those illuminations, as I was going through those difficult times, I would, in my meditation, get told very clearly you need to do an illumination on this particular idea or this topic and this is what you need to say and the words would come to me very clearly and as soon as I finished my meditation I'd quickly go and write them down and sometimes there was symbols uh, that went with that like visual symbols um, but the message was was very clear that that was what I had to record and write down and so my illuminations are, are like a, 
a collection of guiding lights that are there to help people on their spiritual path because we're all on a spiritual journey, whether we recognise it or not. Some people, you know, it's not their purpose to to have that um, understanding that they're on a spiritual path, but whether we understand it, whether, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're all walking that path. And so my illuminations are there to help people whether it be in a, in a small way, just on the surface, or whether it's to help people at a very deep level, because what I create can be taken on many different levels. And sometimes the works can uh, interact with people on a soul level that you can't even verbalise. But I've had people that have just stood in front of some of my works at an exhibition and just cried just sobbed and they can't explain why and it's because the artwork has a way of touching people at a really really deep level that can't really be explained with words yes I think art is uh, is like that and you know your art is coming from somewhere like deep inside your soul uh, and you know this message that you want to give the world through your art it's also Coming from another dimension. Uh, Absolutely. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm just I, a, it's like a channel. I'm a channel for that information and, and, and for those images. And, and it comes through me to, to the rest of the world. One last question for Tanya. I've already taken up so much of her time. Uh, any words for our listeners who are uh, following their own uh, spiritual path? What I would say is every day, Take time for yourself to just stop. Stop whatever it is you're doing at some point, whether it's the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Let go of all of those thoughts that are running around in your head and just learn to sit in the silence, to be still and to learn to listen. And it's in those moments that your soul, with its quiet little voice, can finally begin to speak to you because normally in our day-to-day life we're running around like headless chickens we've got so many thoughts in our heads that our soul cannot be heard so take that time learn to listen learn to sit in the silence and just be oh very beautiful i just love listening to that to end Tanya has had an exciting life where she has been able to pursue the path that she dreamed of. She is no fan of labels. Hence, I won't say whether she is a sweet angel, sexy babe or a bad bitch, as I normally do at the end of every podcast. I will leave this for the listeners to figure out for themselves. Maybe drop uh, me a a message. Uh, Thank you, Tanya, for being here today and for sharing your amazing journey. Thank you. Thanks, Ruby.